Welcome back on a Friday afternoon. This is the Master on Hokanui catching up now with Andrew Waterson, News Talk ZB cricket commentator, along involved with the Herald as well in that capacity, and had the fortune to be at the Basin Reserve this week to watch what was one of the most epic test matches you're likely to see. Andrew Alderson, good afternoon. Welcome once again. Greetings, Andy. Pleasure to be here. And, uh, yeah, what a what an occasion that was. Pleasure to be at uh, the Basin Reserve as well. That was uh, some cricket match. <laughs> and, yeah, when you think of the historical context of it and what following on a team, you know, for the fourth time in the 146-year history of, of tests to be able to follow on and win uh, the New Zealand side, uh, that was remarkable in itself. I know just towards the end there, we had the almanac out and uh, a few other bits and pieces, Crick Info perhaps, and looking up tied tests as well. With, uh, in fact, there's only been two of those, 1960 and 1986. You thought that could be on the table. The win was on the table for New Zealand. The win was on the table for England. And, uh, yeah, what a, what a phenomenal finish as well. Only the fourth time that a team has won after following on. Only the second time a one-run win has been recorded after the West Indies stifled the Aussies a few years ago. But as far as drama goes in five-day cricket, it doesn't get any better. No, and just to have brought it down to those final moments, if you like, and you know, the partnership between Stokes and Root to get what they did, I think, what, 121 for the sixth wicket. So England looked in control at that point. New Zealand fought their way back into it. I mean, <clears throat> when I think back to it, one of those crucial moments, an absolute gimme for New Zealand, was the run out of Harry Brook, who'd been in such terrific form. But to run him out uh, without facing a ball after Root guided it into the slips, Michael Bracewell looking you know, panther-like, really, onto that ball and firing it in. It's like a cruise missile into the gloves of Tom Blundell to get Rook, uh, Brook well short of his crease was, uh, was a key moment. Uh, and I think that... You know, when you add all those things up, and I mean, Ben Folks was batting well towards the end, but the New Zealanders fought back. We saw that spell from Neil Wagner, and then four for 62 for him. Uh, but I think, too, for me, Andy, just a key component throughout that match was, and, and someone who I think, as much as Kane Williamson batted superbly, Tom Blundell, who yeah. batted with him for 90, gave away zero buys, kept up to the stumps to all the pace bowlers so that England couldn't encroach down the pitch and basically took the catch at the end off Wagner. Uh, he was just, it was just a stunning home display from him. The interesting thing with Sri Lanka coming over, of all nations, they're still in the running for the World Test Championship if they get a 2-0 victory. They are, and I was doing some maths on it this morning, so I was thinking surely they, they will struggle to pull this off. They will, I think, struggle to get 2-0 against New Zealand uh, at home. But, uh, you know, Australia and India are just not clear enough at the moment, especially with that series being quite temperamental in terms of, you know, wickets and, you know, falling everywhere at the moment in this third test that we've seen, I mean, what, 30 on the first two days, which is just extraordinary in itself, but, uh, you know, if they to, you know, fail twice in the year in the last two games or if Australia is to lose both those games, I think that, that puts them under threat if Sri Lanka was to, to, to turn the tables on New Zealand. As far as test cricket goes for New Zealand, because we haven't had too many games of late, is it, it's been a close series and has got people watching for the right reasons. But as far as going forward for the team, um, what's going to change, though? Because it hasn't been the best of years, if we're perfectly honest, in a test sense. Well, I think they hadn't won a test in the seven previous uh, uh, fixtures uh, prior to the, the, the victory in Wellington. And, of course, that was you know, tight, as we've, we've talked about. Um, it's an ageing team as well. I mean, everyone on that lineup was 30 or older. Uh, Blair Tickner being the exception in the series, playing in, at the mountain, he's 29. 
say there's a thought that they want to develop some younger players if need be. I mean, Rachel Ravindra is one that springs to mind. Glenn Phillips particularly uh, in the middle order. I think he's still 26. Kyle Jamieson injured, but he's 28. So there are some younger players, uh, but we have had this golden generation. And, and fair enough, they've persevered with them as long as they can uh, to get the results they have. I mean, they're still the incumbent world champions, as we know. So uh, I think what the, the legacy they've left, if anything, is that we have any expectation now, don't we, that the New Zealand team will perform to the absolute top level. And that's why there was disappointment in England uh, earlier in 2022, midway through the year with the 3-0 loss. Um, and I think of the, the series in Australia as well, where they lost 3-0. Uh, that's just a couple of uh, occasions where they went awry. Uh, and it's certainly, I guess, for New Zealand fans, that they're, uh, they feel a bit, uh, you know, Disappointed when that happens now because of the standards being set by by Kane Williamson, Trent Bolt, Tim Sowley, BJ Watling, and Ross Taylor, and the rest of that generation. Just finally, we look at the spirit this case, this Test match was played in as well. Just New Zealand versus England, they've built up a real rivalry, but it's a healthy rivalry as well. The teams get on so well. I mean, Brendan McCullum knows that team, both teams like the back of his hand. You could argue. Um, as far as it went, though, as a test series, it pretty much put test cricket back on the global, global scale, didn't it? Oh, it really did. The camaraderie between the teams, Andy, is terrific, I think. And, you know, it's not just for show. I was there late after the game, you know, beavering away on a few bits and pieces for, for New Talk CB and for the Herald. And you're watching them. They're all out there playing uh, football or at least kicking the ball around the circle, um, they're out there enjoying a beer together in the middle of the Basin Reserve, uh, you know, bathed in uh, late afternoon sunlight, and it just looked a really idyllic scenario. And yeah, Brendan McCullum, you know, built a spirit when he was captain of the New Zealand team up, that, that's that camaraderie element, and he's doing the same with the England team. He's replicating that, if you like. He's got allies there in the form of Ben Stokes, and in terms of their, their cricket director, Rob Key, for the ECB, who, who hired him. Uh, and he's you know, done terrific things. So, but just seeing the way that they interact, and it was the same when they, you know, test uh, series in June in England. Uh, yeah, there's clearly uh, they have a lot in common, and they and they get on and, and really are you know, competing hard, but uh, enjoying each other's company as well. Andrew Alderson, appreciate your time as always. Lovely, Andy. Andrew Alderson there. Yeah, just reflecting on the cricket on the past week. Shout out to Neil Perisa. There's your cricket chat for the week. Um, coming up next to wrap the week here on the muster, Patty Lewis. Oh,